Rise and shine. Well, a bear. Heavy, uh, heavy do it. We had a very dare. Let's go hit Terrace Chase and let's go to the heavy pet. Hello. Recording. Are you recording? Yep. And I did not burp. The weight I already feel lifted off of me that I get, that I get a week off of editing. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I can use my Glad muscles you can provide. to provide comfort for you. Provide for me? Like the man of the listen. house? Like mm-hmm. the man? Right off the bat, I would like to let everybody know that I did take an edible with a 60 minute activation time um, 65 minutes ago <laughs> and I just took a second dose of it so things are going to take a really fucked up turn here real soon. That's I can crazy. guarantee. You're insane. Well, I mean, it's episode... I'm nuts. F- it's episode 49. We have to, you know, we have to do something special. I feel like it's so fitting that we're edging 50 right as we're edging our breakup anniversary. I... The breakup versary, absolutely. The um, breakup versary. The breakup versary. <laughs> <laughs> Mick breakup. Mick, the Mick breakup. <laughs> Can I get one of the oh of the Mick breakup? Oh my god, the Nick and Ray breakup. <laughs> Nick, I want to have a special meal at McDonald's, like a brain cell girl's, like a sweetie meal. Oh, okay, like a okay, like a. Didn't Travis Scott have a McDonald's? Yeah, yeah before he killed those people. <laughs> before he committed vehicular manslaughter. Before he ran a car through that crowd, it was crazy. Can you imagine if there was a Mick Clark and it was <laughs> girl, <laughs> just a large Diet Coke, no ice. <laughs> tread those mighty thin ice. <laughs> what a great time to bring up the fact that. Now, two hours ago at this point. I love when we say we're going to start at 5.30 and then we start at 6.06. I love that for us. Uh, 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 if you can count on one different. thing with us, it's being late. One of us, that is. Um, I was in the Mick drive through at 4 p.m. <laughs> for my 4 p.m. large Diet Coke, no ice. And you know the, how like... The McClar. The McClar. <laughs> <laughs> Go to your local McDonald's and ask for the, the McClar. They'll know what you're talking about. Guys, do it. And then it's like, oh, why didn't you have it on your menu? We go gaslight McDonald's employees. We've always said that. You know when you, like, it's your turn to pull up to the special little box and you can see the, like, person in front of you's order. And you can I'm very judge them for getting, like, seven quarter pounders <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Okay, They're also, for me and my friends. It's like, these are... Veganism corner? McDonald's has these special like you should try the signs for the the land, air, and sea or the land, sea, and air. Oh, great what? question, Nick. Um, Is it's that a when cult? you order, girl. It's when you Mick order cult? a a Big Mac, a fillet of fish. And a McChicken and just smash them all together into the scariest, scariest sandwich of all time. That's my, like, literal final boss. You think the 2,000-calorie Oreo shake is my final boss? No, that sandwich. That's it. That's so scary. Anyway. So I rolled up, and the man ahead of me in this giant fucking truck 
was pulling away and he took so long to order too. Like, I don't know if it was like his first <laughs> time in a drive through. Are you sure that it wasn't just like, cause they were understaffed? I mean, it could be, it you could never be, know. Yeah. When I got my, my McClar the other night, I, I typically, when I get my McClar, it's a pretty quick process. I don't have to wait really. When I got to the second window, they were putting lids on what can only be described as a comical amount of sodas. And I sat there staring at the <laughs> poor 13-year-old working that fucking window for like five minutes before they handed me my McClar. And I felt guilty. The McChild labor. <laughs> the McChild labor. The McChild labor. Anyway, um, this big man in his big truck ahead of me when I pulled up, what flashed before my eyes was one large coffee, seven sugars, seven creamers at the, 4 p.m. The on balance, a Tuesday. The balance and the unity of seven of each. That's just so brave to like, he had to say that with his whole chest. There's, there's no like... I'm going to get that tomorrow. I'm, I, I, I... I'm gonna get that. You need to see what it's like. I need to experience. (laughs) I need to experience. Report back next week and tell the people the Nirvana how the the McNick was. He's clearly more enlightened than we are. So, without a doubt, no doubt. (laughs) I mean, he clearly lacks um, self awareness or like any sort of um, like shame. So he's either a really cool guy or, like, a sociopath and has, like, a pedophilia ring in his basement. Oh. <laughs> or, like, you know, it's probably... Somewhere in between. Somewhere in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. Life exists on a spectrum, you know? Somewhere between drinking the blood of children and, like, a pretty cool guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Where do you think I fall? On the spectrum of drinking children's blood to pretty cool guy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You exist. Mm. You are both. You are neither. You are beyond. Nick, happy, happy one year. <laughs> I never happy thought. Happy February 11th. I never thought this day would come. Happy 2-11. It's our 9-11. Yeah, it's, we've been saying that. We've always said that. It's, it's like 9-11, but in the month of love. In the month of love and <laughs> romance. Um, it's, like, it's like if 9-11 was a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would describe this podcast. That's our friendship, yeah. People are oh like, so tell God. me about Claray. And I'm like, okay, so you know 9-11? And they're like, what? And I'm like, so that, but if it was like a rom-com? And I'm like, That's a historical event. What do you mean? I'm like, wait, what? I like have no idea 9-11's real. I'm like, I thought it was just a movie. What's funnier than a like 9-11 conspiracy theories? Someone who thinks 9-11 isn't real. They like think it's like straight up out of movies. Like, but it's not real, right? It's not even a conspiracy, be- it's just pure ignorance. Wouldn't that be crazy if 9-11 had, like, actually happened? Like, kind of like the Holocaust? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be crazy if something like that had happened? I've, like, met people who... Are you about to tell me you're a Holocaust? I've, like, no, but I've met some. It's insane. I don't have the emotional energy to have that conversation with someone. Well, I didn't because because I was 15. Because when I talk to a stranger, all I want to do is talk about our break. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay, you know how February 11th is coming up, so it's actually, like, a really important day for me. (laughs) (laughs) 
God. <laughs> Someone's like, so I actually don't think the Holocaust happened. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard about this podcast? It's hosted by these two queer losers. <laughs> With like a lot of like diagnosed and undiagnosed issues. <laughs> Hopefully, if this podcast goes on long enough, uh-huh. it'll just be like a like a checking the box as we get diagnosed with more and more ailments <laughs> by year like twenty fifty two. I'm like, hey guys, <laughs> they tested me again for BPD and it did come back positive this time. Is that how mental illness tests work? Do they like? Are they like, your results for depression are positive? Do you pee on a stick? How- Is it like a pregnancy test? I mean, my psychiatrist did have me pee on something. <laughs> um, his cupped hands. Yeah. His open mouth. Um, his, his gaping hole. His gaping hole. Um, we were just exploring some hell? early childhood trauma. Um, <laughs> said piss in my hands and then he dipped his tongue in and said yep you're depressed (laughs) (laughs) oh my god fucking do you have any takeaways from the last year what sorry what would you how would you this is this is one of those real left fielders so i'm very sorry this is a very um what if we looked over here and we were in front of a classroom moments um Well, how would you feel about? <laughs> oh no! Oh my god, this isn't even funny or interesting. What do you think I mean, about is it ever? Um, presidential terms being one term max, but it's six years? I mean, if you and I are in office, <laughs> I'm in favor. If we're running against Jake Paul and Nikita Dragon, <laughs> <laughs> who would win? Yeah, Curl Smith or Paul Dragon? <laughs> Jake Paul, American. Imagine, Nick, imagine, imagine the fucking, imagine a debate <laughs> between you and Logan Paul. <laughs> imagine me and Nikita Dragon debating <laughs> the vice presidential debate, and we're both just like, just like serving tattoos, like high out gods. of your mind, like drooling. Oh my god. Just, like, roasting each other's outfits. It gets, like, really personal really quickly. Logan Paul would make it about, like, sperm count or something. And he's like, and I'm not saying anything, but obviously guys with more estrogen are going to have a lower sperm count. And he's like, is that the type of man we want leading our country? And I'd be like... The answer is no. And I'd raise my hand and be like, hey, I feel like this is a microaggression. And then the moderator would ding him a point. There are points mm. now in the debates. That's how they figure. Oh, that sounds like fun, <laughs> and that's how you win. It's like the Hunger Games, but a point system. I love that. There is no District Twelve. Um. So back on track. <laughs> what track? The track this train's on, baby. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! I just, I, I can't, I can't believe it's been a year. What a year it's been. I maybe this is just existence but the last like three years I've been like wow that was the best and worst year of my life simultaneously and like is this just gonna keep happening until one day I die Mm. 
Yeah, but the ratio will probably, you know, stop being so 50-50. It's just all going to be bad. Yeah, it's just all <laughs> going to Yeah, you might as well just, you know. Tick-tock boom. Um, Sit on the train tracks? Are you telling me that I should yeah, do it? Yeah, face first. You're like, I don't uh. think it matters what direction. It's like us in Inception. Oh, my God. You're like, because we would be together. <laughs> That's my Marion Cody. I haven't seen Inception. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my God. No, that's a lie. I did. I watched it in high school, but I think I was too busy, like, giving a handjob while I was watching it or, like, being a whore in some other way. I watched it with a guy. Definitely a handjob movie. Um, Did you see... I'm not a handjob girly, but... The... What I posted on my Finsta bothering Dan while he works is my toxic trait. I did. He responded... (laughs) I want you to be toxic and hurt me. Like, I need to be hurt. I just don't want to know you're doing it for me. Heart. Dan is going to make some lucky lady very happy one day. Truly, some deranged freak is going to be thrilled one day. Some absolute fucking nut job. With that 5'10 quarter pounder. Dan is the land, yeah. and sea. Lean and mean. The McDan. The, Mc, the McCrollo. <laughs> Whew. How are you feeling a year post-breakup? Do you still feel like it was the best decision you ever made? <laughs> <laughs> As you've always said. And I've always said that. Um, <laughs> as I texted you, I said, this is the, also the best decision. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Set with invisible how text. How feeling? <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. Should I, re- should I read your breakup text aloud? No, oh my God, I never want to hear that. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh my God. No, 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 no. Um, I one one day, besties. Yeah, one probably, day you'll hear it. Maybe, probably not. But um, <laughs> I, it's just weird because I feel like we've been back together for as long as we were broken up, even though it's been like three times as long. We can withstand anything, you and me. But you know what I mean? Like, that period of time feels so long. Like, March and April. I'm like, what the fuck was happening? I'm like, how co- feels- how was I unemployed and not friends with Claret? Like, what was I doing with my day? Because <laughs> all I do is work and text it's, yeah. it's true. It's like, here's Giving my... Nick attention is like something I like carve out time in my day I'm for. like her Animal Crossing lamb that she has to take care of. I'm her neo. He's like my neo pet, but like I can't like starve him and abandon him for years, or because he's a real human and he'll die if he doesn't get attention. I like went through a Twitter thread, or no, maybe I just toxic Larry. Maybe I didn't mention this. I went through a Twitter thread like sometime in the past like week or two, and um, I like heard some in your bathroom. <laughs> She's just like waddling towards me with a knife. I'm like, go eat your pineapple. Um, She's like, daddy got me a slice. (laughs) Cube it like a like, daddy. I'm like, what? So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I went through a thread that John John (laughs) Benet never existed. You ever seen John Benet 9-11 and the Holocaust oh, in the same room? Oh my god. Like, my point exactly. Like John Benet denialism. <laughs> no, but their argument was like kind of freaky because you, you hear that and you read that and, and you just go, okay, well, 
this is like insane. <laughs> and then you keep reading. <laughs> and you go. Are you a John Bonet denier? And then you go, oh, I never knew that. Um, so did you know that after John Bonet's body was like <laughs> removed from the scene, um, the Ramsey family never saw her body again? I think I actually did know that. And did you know that the Ramseys never received... Why are you saying this? Like you're giving a presentation to your seventh grade class. Because I am. Did you know? <laughs> Merriam-Webster's <laughs> definition... I'm like, did you John know? Of Ramsey. Lewis and Clark, <laughs> tops or bottoms? <laughs> Let's get into it. Um, always on that. Verse Kings. Um, no. So, Sorry. Uh, His dog's name was Seaman. Like that's a that's wait, a really? W or no no no, an MLM, a man loving man, <laughs> or a multi-level <laughs> marketing. You'll never scheme. know. <laughs> Being gay is an MLM. Honestly, it's a fucking scam that I have. That's what they mean by the gay agenda. <laughs> the gay agenda is to get you to sell more purses. Okay. The Oregon Trail was an MLM, yeah. the first MLM. <laughs> We've always said that on this podcast. Okay. Oh my God. D- and did you know that the did you know? <laughs> did you know that the Ramsey family <laughs> never got a death certificate for John Bonet? I feel like I've read that somewhere. That's incredibly sus. Those two facts that they never saw the body again and that uh, there wasn't a death certificate is so strange in an already well, I have questions. strange case. Yeah, what's well, up? <laughs> I mean, it's more like I'd like to like talk to the Ramses. <laughs> but like for ep- was it like a for episode they 50. Asked, they like asked to see her body again or asked for death certificate and someone was like no, sorry, can't or were they just like I she's dead. What's for dinner? Like what was the like It seemed like more like the first one. I'll find the Twitter thread. But I thought it was fascinating. I mean, it was like talking about how, and it like, you know that website that is like just pictures of people, but it's all like AI generated images. So it's like these people aren't real. Yeah. So the point the, the Twitter <laughs> Twitter user was making was that like that technology premiered um, like sometime between like 2010 and 2015, like to the general public. And tech is usually, like, there's, like, a 15-year gap of, like, when it, like, mm-hmm. first starts. So, pretty much their argument is that Jean Bonnet was the first, like, AI-generated thing. And I'm like, that's b- fucking bananas. That, like, all the videos... All right. That's enough internet today. That, all the, that, like, all the videos of her and all the pictures and everything was, like, generated by AI. And I'm like... And her parents were in on it? No, exactly. And then I'm like, what... And I'm like, but people saw it. But they were down for, like, a fucking murder scandal and, like, collapse of their entire family. They were like, yeah, that's a fair trade-off to have the first AI child. Uh, (laughs) The first AI. (laughs) The Ramses. Um, So I just thought that was very weird and fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It feels crazy that that was a year ago and it also feels like it feels like it was a hundred years ago but it also feels like it was yesterday which does i will say i'm nodding give me the thank you um <laughs> so i can close my eyes now you can just 
Just tell me what you're doing. <laughs> I'm so fucking high. This is great. <laughs> I hope that going forward, or not going forward, what am I saying? I think it does give me the, like, peace of mind, kind of, that, like, even when I go through hard things, that, like, eventually I'll look back and I it won't seem, like, so long and painful. Yeah, because it'll just, like, become a smaller chunk of your life. Yeah, I guess that is how time works. Yeah, but it's all. But it, it is good to know that, like, even if something feels huge on, like, a single day, within a month, it, that day will just be one day in 30. And, like, you can kind of keep, just keep applying that. It's so like, oh, that was one year in 20. Yeah. Whatever. I guess that's how people, like, survive life after prison and shit. <laughs> I... Prison, prison is like so inco- one of my biggest fears. It's so inconceivable to me. Yeah, it makes me like want to throw up when I think about it. It makes me like, yeah, no, same. It makes me like feel so hopeless and like awful knowing that there's like such a disgusting system going on like right now. Like, I think prisons are like so unbelievably inhumane and like such a gross like reflection of our treatment of like others like we're the you we're the we're the us of a in in america but no it's like there's no reason that prisons should be the like horror show that they are they, like if we wanted to rehabilitate people we totally would um because we have the we have all the means to do it people on twitter talking about like landlord like <laughs> landlord renter discourse is like one of my favorite things to read about same because ever so often i am on the landlord side <laughs> i love when i see a post and it's like i kicked 17 holes into the wall of my rental and my landlord charged me more than my security deposit to fix it we should kill this motherfucker. And everyone's like, I'm so like, that's ah! actually theft <laughs> and you should get a pro bono lawyer and take <laughs> take that pick to court. I'm like, well. <laughs> Send that landlord to me and Nick's private prison. Yeah. <laughs> we'll treat him right. Yeah, we'll get him some SPF 15 <laughs> vaginal moisturizer. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow was there sometimes to like lead some like meditation groups with these with the prisoners. I picture her being like the coolest warden. Oh, literally. Kind of like she was in Glee when she was like talking about sex and salad. She kind of walks around. It's like, hey guys. She sings sometimes. And then she fucking. She's, and then she married. She sings Fleetwood Mac. And Adele. She sings Turning Tables. And like Loki kind of killed it. Sorry. No, I agree. I lo- That was my like, was first good. introduction was, into was that like, song. Oh, okay. When I heard that song on Glee, I cried and then went and was like Adele.com slash turning tables. What a great time to plug our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Girls. <laughs> so true, bestie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, remember when I was in such a horrible mood like two hours ago and I was like, I don't know how long I can record tonight. I need to go be horizontal. She's like, I need I'm to be horizontal. So and I was like, yeah, ha uh, ha ha. <laughs> I'm like, it's my mission to turn this around. You're turning my day around Aww. so nicely. I'm glad. I'm glad I can do that for you. I'm not going to lie. I also partially turned the beat around yes. after my voice lesson. I was kind of crushing it. You were turning the tables. 
The tables have been turned. <laughs> you know how I always say that. So true. Um, okay, so I guess we'll Private never know. Check if yeah, cross that off. Um, what's up next? Is John Benet Ramsey real? John Benet Ramsey was the first NFT. Um, <laughs> sell the John Benet NFT. One Someone of should draw that, that really... monkey as John Benet. For a minute, I thought that NFTs and like a Bitcoin were the same thing, and I'm still not fully convinced they're not. They're in the same sphere. Okay, so I wasn't well, like too far off. Bitcoin is a currency, and NFTs are like a product. You've already lost me. <laughs> Can we buy a private prison with Bitcoin? With Bitcoin, <laughs> our private prison is actually an NFT. <laughs> have you watched? No, I, have okay. you watched Black Mirror? I've watched like two episodes. Okay, so this isn't a spoiler, but one of the episodes has a technology that like it can make someone feel like they've just lived like 200 years in like 30 seconds. That sounds awful. So like but okay. so like a literal nightmare. Um and there's been talk about that like technology actually existing in the real world in the form of like a drug. A drug that can warp your perception <gasps> of time and make you feel like one hour is, quote, a thousand years. It was like opening up new possibilities for, like, incarceration. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? So for episode 50, are we going to take that? <laughs> are we going to get our hands on it by next week? And we record for one <laughs> the hour. The thousand year episode. <laughs> the thousand year episode. <laughs> the big thousand year episode. You have to, <laughs> you have to, you have to like speed the episode down like by a thousand to like understand us oh i mean what a fucking nightmare I love that. anyways no that's a horror show what a great transition into euphoria okay so i wrote down next week i wrote down <laughs> it's rue gonna do the thousand years in nft um the thousand year pill uh i wrote down what did you write down i wrote down like uh as I watched it, I wrote down, like, notes and, like, what happened. So let me go grab that. Okay. Yeah, I have I have everything here um, just to make sure we hit everything. But, yeah. Um, yeah, well, what first impressions? Go. I mean, I thought it was an incredible episode. Like, acting. Stunning. I think as the episode went on, it got a little too... I mean, it is just a very different show from what it was, like, the first season. And it's already been, like, just, like, had a different feel to it this season. But this episode especially, I'm like, okay, now we're, like, switching genres. Like, all of the running from the cops and when she was, like, breaking into those people's houses and stuff. I didn't love that, Mm. personally. I could have... I don't know what I would have replaced it with. But I think it was getting a little too, like, breaking bad. I kind of... Mm. I watched a clip from the 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 carnival episode uh, from season one and just like the way they were talking felt a little bit more like true to real life and like how teenagers talk and exist rather than like outrunning the cops Mm -hmm. and breaking and entering into multiple homes and like guessing the password right on someone's safe and like i get that it's i mean i get that that's like not what it is anymore and that's like fine and it was an artistic choice I did not love it, however, but overall, between, like, the scene with Rue, Gia, and the mom, that whole, like, intervention with Jules and Elliot in the living room the whole time, 
her Zendaya breaking down that door and when her mom fucking slapped her, like all of that. It, hard to watch, but also couldn't look away. And then towards the end, when she went back to the like to Lori, the drug dealer's house, and she shot her up with morphine, that whole thing. I think it was bookended like so beautifully. Some of the middle stuff, I was like, eh, mm. but whatever. Yeah, cool. Um, Overall, I'd give it like a 9.8 out of 10. <laughs> My hyper specific scale. Uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like it was probably the best episode of the sh- series so far. Even if, even if the middle, like, wasn't... Do you agree, though? I think the only reason the middle maybe didn't work... Uh, I Which, I liked the middle. I liked the middle, but I understand what you're saying. Um, but I think the only reason it was, like, kind of noticeable is because of how good the preceding scene was. I agree. That's actually a really good and how And, like, how really uncomfortably real the dialogue was. And, like, all of it was... It was... Like, I don't know what Sam Levinson's personal history is with drug addiction, but it felt like... But I don't think I want to know. (laughs) But it felt really, really true and honest. And, like, the show's at its best when it's, like, doing this. I agree. It has a really intense way of, I mean, I was never addicted to opioids in high school, but I did have screaming fights with my parents, slamming doors, and that cycle of, like, you're screaming at each other, and then you're, like, then you're crying and, like, saying you're sorry and it'll never happen again, and then you're screaming again. Like, that horrible cycle, and I think most humans have experienced that at least once in their life, especially being a teenager and especially being mentally ill. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they just, they do it so well in a way that like, I can imagine if I had to write a scene like that, it would like, it would be really painful. Yeah. Because I mean, obviously Sam Levinson is like drawing from real life and like you have to, to some extent. And I just, uh, mad respect to my man, Sam, you know what I mean? No, 100%. I mean, yeah, it was... Um, I mean, you can just apply that kind of fight to any sort of situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought the way... Yeah, the way the entire thing, like, ebbed and flowed was so mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, I'm talking about, like, the, the first scene. How it picked up steam in a very gradual but clear and concise way and really believable. And then it, like, just started to, like, do these, like, peaks and valleys with the emotion. The tempo of it in all aspects, like, the acting and the dialogue and the uh, the way it's, like, edited and shot. It just, like, all culminated really beautifully into, into a, like, a very realistic fight scene. Because those really heated, like... Loki, like once in a lifetime type, type fights. Once in a lifetime opportunity. You can't <laughs> if you had one opportunity. Um, they, ha- you can't sustain that peak for like really that long. Um, mm-hmm. And the show never held it for more than like thirty seconds before like dipping back down at the very least a little bit. And yeah, I just I was I didn't realize I was holding my breath for so long. 
Um, okay, well, I was just going to say, like, not to sound like I'm so incredibly high, which I am, but I feel like the show, the whole episode did this really good thing of, like, the pacing as well as the visuals were just so beautiful that I never had a chance to think, oh, I bet this is going to happen next. Oh, like, yeah. I never had a chance to make any sort of prediction or even want to. Like, my brain was so paying attention to exactly what was happening in that moment and that is i think especially in this day and age where everyone's addicted to their <laughs> 10 second tiktoks especially me i mean i have like the shittiest attention span and this like had me by the ball sack <laughs> in a really sexy way <laughs> so true no i don't yeah. know what the fuck i'm saying no that really <laughs> that, that made sense um Really, and then I found out that they shot it for like thirty days. Um, it was Zendaya it, broke down so many doors. It was a, it was a thirty day shoot, which is like that's how long like some features are shot, like feature films are shot for. Like that's a very that's crazy. I just remember being so blown away because it felt so consistent and like seamless that I was like, "What do you mean that wasn't all shot on the same day?" Which obviously, like, of course it's not, but, like... You could probably convince me that it was all shot on the same day if you tried to. You know what I mean? Like, it had that... It had a really consistent feel and just an incredible It felt so real in, like, time passing that when it did, like, time jumps, it didn't even notice. Like, until she, like, went to sleep, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, It just felt really... They did such a good job, like keeping the time of day consistent which i just imagine is a nightmare yeah never mind i take back what i was gonna say because it is not true so never mind amazing um i think like 10 minutes into the episode like before jules had even said anything mm-hmm. i turned to dan and i like let out my breath and kissed him on the mouth i was like this is like the this is incredible and he's like holy shit no i know um, because I mean that writing is so insane. That like, it, oh my god, it was so awful. Like, <laughs> no, I it was know. so horrifying and such a. I mean, I've never thought this, but like, the show's clearly not um, romanticizing <laughs> drug use because that was like the most horrifying shit I've ever seen. And it just goes to show that like something can be aesthetically beautiful. <laughs> But still be, but in a very disturbing, like, terrifying way. Also, I know everyone's talking about her. We're trying to figure out what her name is. Who? The actress who plays Lori. Martha Kelly. Thank you. When I think about Martha Kelly's character for too long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, because is she just like that in real life? Have you seen those videos where she's like, that video going around on TikTok where she's like, happy birthday, Nick. Um, Your friend Clare wanted me to tell you to have a happy birthday. And I hope that your day is really special um, because you deserve that. And your friend really cares about you and loves you a lot. Have a super happy birthday. She's horrifying. (laughs) Her character she's a, is like she, that actress is a comedian. Um, can we have her on the podcast? I she's think a she comedian, is. and it's like the casting director deserves 
all the praise in the world for that. Like, what perfect, perfect casting. <laughs> she also... Just the bad, like, the hysterically horrifying. She does it so well. Like, she's so good. No, when I'm she, obsessed. I, like, cannot look away. She's It's so scary, but also so funny. Where you're like, ha ha ha! Like, when she... You're totally like, ha ha ha! No, like, I am. Like, when she... <laughs> When she says to Rue, um, like, if you if you screw me over, I'm gonna have you sold to some real sick people. Like that line had no business also being that funny. Like her delivery of it, she's like some real sick people, Rue. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> okay, I don't know why, but her line in the last week's or this week's episode, sorry, when. Rue's sitting at the table fucking having withdrawals and Lori's like putting her microwave TV dinner in the microwave and she says like well why didn't you call me you should have said Lori I don't have a dozen eggs I only have eight chilling fucking chilling to the bone I was like Lori I don't have a dozen eggs I'm like I have no I'm like she's under my couch right now I'm like I have no eggs for you Lori no, it, okay, it, simultaneously, I'm so scared of her, but I'm also like, I want her to give me a bath. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's something. Something deeply wrong with you. Um, so. Sar. Yeah. Sar. Sar. We should kill ourselves. Oh. Tonight's the night. Oh my god. Tonight's the night. <laughs> Um, let's Should see. I be sleeping? Okay, let's talk about let's let's dive in um, to the scene with jewels. So I I felt it was like a little like kind of gross and hypocritical of jewels to be like I love you, Rue, when you just cheated on Rue with Elliot, who's also okay. in the room, and so like that felt weird, and also like not to excuse Rue's behavior, but I. Kind of felt like Rue may or Jules may needed to hear some of that. I okay, listen, I'm a Jules apologist through and through. Hell yeah, this podcast is pro Jules. Period. Yeah. I I am of the thought, the belief that cheating doesn't make you inherently a bad person, and if you are a cheater in high school, you're a cheater it's for life. Not- <laughs> It's just not the end of the world. And I just. People keep trying to be like, but she's a cheater. And I'm like, but I don't care. I just. Like, eh, whatever. I don't know. It feels especially hypocritical from Jules because she cheated. No, no, no. I agree, I agree, I agree. I don't think Elliot should have been a part of that conversation (laughs) or that room at all. I think that was incredibly weird. I think Jules has a lot of like mental and emotional issues i think she does love rue and does care about her she clearly like i think her cheating on jewel on rue sorry i think jewel's cheating on rue their names are too similar i'm gonna call her jew one of these days no i get their name i get them mixed up like every time i talk about them they look so similar i think that jules does love rue and does care about her i think she's also like very confused about a lot of things in her own life and world and absolutely I think the reason I don't care about the cheating so much is I am profoundly, and I'm so sorry to those who I might be about to offend. Oh, no. 
I am profoundly of the belief system that high school sweethearts should not stay together after high school. I think you should break up at graduation. And I mean, maybe if you find yourself like later in life, you reconnect. I think that's great and wonderful. But I just don't believe high school sweethearts should stay together like essentially ever. And so I don't care about like ruin jewels in the long run because I'm like, good, I hope they break up in <laughs> today or in three months because I don't think you guys should be together. Yeah, but I feel like cheating can have such like a negative impact on like both of their psyches at that young age. Um, oh, absolutely. So, I don't think it's I don't think it's a good thing that she cheated, yeah. but I don't think it's like I mean, I, I, I don't think they should be together. I also agree that she's not a good person or that. I agree that cheating doesn't inherently make you a horrible person. Um, but breaking up with your podcast partner does. And like cheating with another podcast. <laughs> Disgusting. You've been podcasting with other bitches? Yes or no. Um, no, yeah. I, Should we talk about Aquafina? <laughs> girl. So. <laughs> um, something I just wrote down is that I feel like that first. So the title euphoria didn't come on screen until 21 minutes into the episode nick said a stopwatch no because we we took a pee break at that point but uh, <laughs> um but you cross streams never so a sword fight break <laughs> an avalanche um <laughs> God damn it. Oh my, oh my god. god, I'm so high. So the title didn't my body feels so the title didn't come up until twenty one minutes into the episode, and that made me think that that entire scene could actually be a really good like one act play on a two floor oh. stage. <gasps> where like the fights happening upstairs and Jules and Elliot are downstairs the whole time. Nick I mean this in the absolute gayest <laughs> way possible. I love the way your brain works. Oh my god, Bestie. Thank you. It's hard. Why did God give me my talent? <laughs> no, I think it's really... Because, I mean, I have no interest ever in... I love the way that you see things, like, staged in different ways. Because mm. I don't think about that aspect of, like performing arts in any way. Like, mm-hmm. I see things in a very artistic way. And I'll, like... <laughs> In a very I mean, I, I do like other versions of that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I've ne- I would never have thought of what you just said, oh. and that's fucking brilliant. Thank you. And that's why, if you ever thought, if you ever thought about like, I don't know, writing. going to film school, <laughs> writing films and TV. Have you ever thought Dan, about that? Me and Dan are working on a movie right now, and it's actually a biopic about me. Exactly. It was. It, what is a biopic? It was a hard I don't know sell. what that means. You, a biopic. <laughs> it's like a biography, um, but in film form. But but in picture form? But a pic. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. I also just think it was a biopic. <laughs> I say that sometimes because bionic and biotics. Anti-bi. Biotics were <laughs> really cool, actually. They were much cooler than Legos. I said Get back it. on track, I, said, I fucking said it. Um... But, I mean, do you agree that Jules maybe needed to hear some of that in perhaps a more calm environment? Uh, honestly? 
I'm going to be controversial mm-hmm. and say I think she needed to hear it in that environment in the sense that, like, you need a wake-up call that you and Rue should not be together. And that, like, <laughs> Rue is not in a place to be in a relationship because she's going to hurt whoever she's with. Like, being dating a drug addict yeah. it would be incredibly hard, especially when you're already dealing with your own stuff. And I think... Especially when you have I your mean, own honestly, drug like, addict mom. Literally. Which Rue doesn't know about. And it's so... That scene was so oh, yeah. fascinating to watch, knowing that like mm-hmm. Jules has like probably gone through that exact scene before, but with her mom. Um, and Rue has no idea. And Rue has Rue no idea. She was like doing something new. Brilliant writing. But no, I think that's the like the nuance of it all. It's not like I think <laughs> Jules didn't deserve that, and she's into right. It's like I think Jules. <laughs> did make the right decision by like telling her mom but oh, also yeah. like maybe didn't need to be screamed at but also like maybe that was a good thing in disguise because it would save her from further hurt down the line yeah. you know i think it's it's not so black and white <laughs> i feel like what we've always said i feel like um jules probably deserved like a hug from leslie after instead of like that pat on the back and be like sorry baby i'm like uh, maybe <laughs> a little more comfort. And then maybe swaddle her like a baby and Literally. rock her back and forth with a bottle. Like, um, change her diaper. Change mine. Do you... I Yeah, and I mean, I think this episode has been the best one so far in showing um, addiction as, like, a disease. And... Oh, yeah. How... Yeah, and just how it, like, kamikazes everyone around like everyone around you like everyone's lives um yeah i think there was definitely like some of that in the first season like the shots like the flashback scenes when gia finds rue overdosed and she's like lying there on a pile of her puke a very like, season two moment choking on air a very season two scene well, like you know what i mean though like that scene yeah. felt out of place in the season like stylistically but it looked it would fit in season two yeah yeah um, but yeah, I mean, season one was like the the color palette of it and the saturation and like everything about it that was like kind of like a little larger than life. Um, and how it was stylized was mm-hmm. kind of like it's like the high of the drug, and now we're like really in the withdrawal come down stage of the drug. It's almost like that's what it's designed to do. If I see one more TikTok saying essentially that, and then someone in the comments being like, don't give Sam Levinson so much credit, I'm like, or like do, considering he did write it. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird having people be so passionate. (laughs) So we saw this movie called The Worst Person in the World, which was very, very good. And it's about me. As we, I was like, it's weird that they didn't ask me to play this character. Oh, I saw a trailer for that. Yeah, you would really like it. It was, like, very much, um, like, all jokes aside, like, it was totally... You're like, as the second worst person in the world, I think you'd really enjoy it. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, totally wor- something worth aspiring for. Um, but no, it was, like, definitely your type of movie, just in, like, how it was shot and, like, what it's about mm-hmm. and the character. It was, yeah, it was a very, very pretty movie as well. Um, and nominated for an Oscar today. Um Anyways, we went to see this movie, and we are walking, or I'm getting an icy. 
classic Nick move. I'm getting an icy. I always get an icy when I go to see a movie. <laughs> and He's always said that. He's always said that. And I hate that they give you paper straws for an icy because it. Like, oh my god! Fuck the turtles! It like disintegrates. Like I actually like couldn't finish it. Nick couldn't finish his icy. This is oppression. This is oppression. So I, <laughs> that sounds like a hate crime. Yeah, smells like a hate crime. Anyways, so I'm getting this icy, and Dan's waiting for me, and then we see this man and woman, this like middle-aged couple come like running up to two managers like in the hallway like right behind me getting the icy and like this couple is soaked they're like soaking wet and i'm like what <laughs> and then us and then they go we were just in that movie theater and the people behind us would not stop <gasps> talking and i told them to stop talking and they spit their soda all over us. Listen, it is COVID right now, okay? This is so unbelievably unacceptable. And then the managers are like, okay, sir, sir. And then he's like, I want them kicked out right the fuck now. I want them kicked out. And then they, like, like seven people, including this couple, like, marched back to the theater. And I'm like, oh, my God. The theater. To the theater to kick those people out who spit the soda and I'm like oh my god Dan I want to go in that theater so bad and film this did you do it no unfortunately but I mean that was fucking that was your first mistake yeah but I mean what is what are we coming to (laughs) this is why I don't like seeing movies at the Grove this is why I like Century City more because like it's just a little more refined (laughs) I was gonna say it's a little more civilized (laughs) It's like people aren't spitting soda on each other at the Century City Westfield okay. AMC. I take it you've seen a movie at the Broadway Metro in Eugene, Oregon. Okay, I've had enough time. Okay, you know how, like, when you get your concessions there, you can get candy in, like, a fucking mason jar? Love it. There is nothing Built for me. more, like, straight out of a Portlandia episode yes. than watching licorice pizza with your boyfriend of three and a half years. When the couple behind you come in and they're like patchouli soaked, hemp dyed, um, <laughs> like <laughs> organic cotton garb with like a weird whittled out of a like long piece of oak walking stick with their like white dreads mm-hmm. and are mm-hmm. rattling. A mason jar full of M&M's for the duration of that movie. I'm like, oh, I, love, I feel, just feel like at home, you know what I mean? Like, why the fuck would you put candy in a mason jar? That's so stupid. <laughs> I'd be so ashamed. When I went uh, home for Thanksgiving, I went and saw Spencer with my mom at Metro. Ooh. And I would never... I would never... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Um. <laughs> so me and my mom went to see Spencer and I got Reese's Pieces. That's my candy of choice at the, at the theater. <laughs> I got Reese's Pieces in a fucking mason jar. It's so embarrassing. And it's, I, I like have it in the cup holder and I'm like, I reach in to get it and it's like, it, it couldn't be louder. <laughs> it sounds like you're shaking fucking maracas during a movie. It, it, it fills the room auditorily like dead ass it's so loud and so it's i'm like i can't i can't eat this 
And then my mom, like, fucking whispers during movies and theaters. And so she's like, she's like, can I have some of the Reese's Pieces? Like, can I have some of the Reese's Pieces? I'm like, oh my God, please. And then she's like, Di- there's a scene of Diana, like. You're like, jingle jangle. Like, like binging food. And my mom just goes, oh. And then, like, there's a man at one point. And my mom goes, oh, what a creep. There are, like, other people in the theater. Wait, what did she say when she was binging? She was like, oh, poor thing. Okay, that's enough. And I'm like, okay, mom. That's like, this is, this is, that's Kristen Stewart. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's, she's not real. Yeah, she, mom, Diana's not real. Do you think real. Princess it's, Diana was the first AI? Princess Diana, just like 9-11, <laughs> wasn't a real thing. Princess died at 9-11. Um, <laughs> now there's a hot take I've never heard. I told Dan that I think it'd be really, really fun for me and him to get, like, obliteratedly high and then go down a YouTube conspiracy rabbit hole. Oh, my God. That sounds fun. I want to watch Spencer with you, though. Because I haven't seen it by myself. I have it. When will I see you again in person? No, literally. Literally, I feel like it's been too long. No, it's been like a month, month. and I'm like, this is way too long. (laughs) I miss my bestie. I miss my girl boss. (laughs) (laughs) I miss the love of my life. We can't go four weeks without her. Um, Oh my god! Someone played this episode next to (laughs) next to a recording of us talking last February. I dare you. Literally. I never thought this day would come. <laughs> never thought I'd be laughing. Kind of didn't either. No, for real, for real. Um, Rue, it's the principal. Oh Love that. Thought I'd be crying at your grave. So, <laughs> God. Um, yeah, okay, so what's up on the agenda? That's the movie theater drama. Someone got soda spit on that. <laughs> at the Grove. At the Great, <laughs> love to hear it, love to see it. Where the cavemen live. <laughs> this uncivilized rabblery. Okay, I would actually want to talk about Kim and Kanye. I think that is, well, kind of, because I don't okay. fully know what's going on too much. I just think that Kanye is I read some is articles. Like, I read some articles about everything. Well, I just think that Kanye, listen, I don't give a fuck about celebrities, but he is fascinating to me yeah. for his, like, insane manic episodes, just <laughs> blatantly in the public eye, and, like, the mockery and spectacle he repeatedly makes of himself. Fascinating. What a tale of mental illness. I don't know a whole lot about BPD, but like... I thought he was bipolar. I get them confused, I'm not gonna lie. BPD, bipolar disorder, and borderline personality disorder. No, I think he's bipolar. I don't think he has BPD. Okay. But, I take um, everything back that I just said. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I wonder, I feel like this most recent episode, it actually didn't seem to be coming from a place of mania or like mental illness from like what I read. No, from I him. just mean the way that he's like, but what he's like posting on Instagram and stuff is maniac behavior. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's like coming from a like manic episode, I guess. I think it's like. It is turning into one, if that makes any sense. I also have, like, I think more so thoughts, more so than I have thoughts about Kim and Kanye, because I don't give a single fuck. I more have thoughts about the whole, like, 
North being on TikTok. Yeah, children being too. on the internet. Me too. That's what I have thoughts. Okay, well then let's just fucking go there. Yeah. My so I agree with him. Hot takes. I agree with him in that respect. I do too. Yeah. I think that people who post their babies on the internet at all, I would say, are doing their children a huge fucking disservice. And that is on a spectrum of like one picture here and there to your 12 followers all the way to like family vloggers. And I think that there's like some huge moral gray areas, but I am of the school of not, not even thought, like if I were to have a baby tomorrow, I don't think I would post their face. I know for a fact, I would not post their face on the internet until they were, until they said, mommy post me on Instagram. And then if they were like, (laughs) 13 when they said that then maybe i would do it but i think yeah there shouldn't be profiting off your children and not well, not even when it's for profit when it's just pandering your children out to the public eye fucking weird yeah i 100 percent. that's agree. my hottest take i think it yeah i mean i think it's just like a violation of someone else's privacy in such a crazy and like blatant way because like i mean god family vloggers watch the tiffany ferg video on family vloggers Um, oh i have believe me i have i love it like a few times because it's so grossly fascinating it's so good it's so grossly fascinating to me like why are people like thank god my parents didn't broadcast my like childhood to the world as their job. It's so scary on TikTok. Like, it's so scary. Parents are exploiting their children for profit for their entire childhood. So like that just gives you such a warped perspective of the world. There shouldn't be anyone under 13 like posting stuff on the internet. Beyond like a I agree. neopets or whatever. Like <laughs> No, I agree. Yeah. I got on Facebook when I was 12 and I turned out so good so I didn't get it until like, I my mental illness is actually <laughs> the result of me not getting a facebook later in life yeah. my parents were very okay, so strict about facebook i didn't get it until like after eighth grade i also went to a tiny little private school so i think they were like less worried but i well i think my parents I'm very were, i'm so, so glad i didn't have access to social media tiktok and instagram and stuff when i was in elementary school i'm we re- we really. I grew up in the right generation. We like really mi- missed it by a by an inch. <laughs> Truly, and it's it's such a weird like uncharted territory where like our parents didn't have it and their parents didn't have it, and so it's like the first. Like we were the first generation. We are the to first be, like, generation that's gonna to have, have like parents. kids. Period. <laughs> no, literally. We should stop procreating. Well, no, I mean, we were the first generation, like, raised, like, with this technology. Like, it grew as we grew, mm-hmm. too. And so, like, and there, I mean, there still isn't, but there definitely wasn't, like, too much consensus on how to pa- We're all just figuring it out How together. to parent with social media and just, like, with the internet being existing. Like, we still haven't quite figured, figured that out. And it makes me really like like okay, I my... I'm so far I'm so so far from having children <laughs> that uh, that you know of. if I like if I ever do, but it's so it's so scary to me 
to think that they'll listen to this podcast. I'm, but no, uh, it's so scary to think that they, you like, so you can just go on Safari on the iPad and just like type whatever. Like internet is internet was like somewhat restricted for us when we were like children. Yeah. Like I wasn't like allowed okay, to I'm hit, gonna go up. Sorry. hit the E button, the Internet Explorer button. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm about to go off on a bit of a tangent because there's that side to it. And then there's obviously the like kids who don't even know how to use technology because they're so little and their parents are already branding them essentially. It is okay. If I at the ripe age of 24 had to live with the fact that my mother had posted videos of me throwing tantrums or been like, Claire came home from school today and said that the other girls were mean to her. She's so sad about it. Or even on my like best days. If I had to know that that had been on the internet for thousands, if not millions of people to see and like and share. And have an opinion on and think about you. I would genuinely never forgive her. (laughs) And I mean that in the most dramatic way possible. I, I don't think we would ever be able to reconcile that. No, that's full fully grounds for like going no contact with a parent. Like it's such a violation. It's so gross. My other thing. I think I have three things. My second thing is profiting okay. Profiting off your child's like cute, fun little personality or style or whatever makes them unique and special. Even if they don't grow up to resent you and you dodged an enormous fucking bullet, you're going to create some other problems with yourself as the parent that you have this, like, romanticized and, like, kind of just a blip in time version of your child that they're not going to be forever. I know for a fact I am not the same person I was when I was four. I'm sure I did a lot of really cute and funny viral TikTok worthy things as a child that are not who I am today Mm -hmm. and having that forever immortalized as like who you are Charlie bit my finger this is what like fucks child actors up like (laughs) oh well you're Hannah Montana and like obviously she was a tween slash teen she wasn't like a baby but and then having like having like websites that are like counting down to your 18th birthday don't even I mean I don't even want to like delve into the like pedophile side of it because like I feel like that's that's like the biggest and like the biggest deterrent like that's what step stops me from even like thinking I would ever put my kid on the internet and then from there there's a lot more conversation to have most recently I mean that's like the elephant in the room regarding like that entire conversation exactly it's like Exactly. And then there's a million other issues once you actually decide you want to go into that room with the elephant. Anyway, I do see on my, like, For You page content from, like, mommy creators from all over the board of creators from the, like, holistic, crunchy parents to the, like, Mormon influencer, whatever people. I have utmost respect for parent creators who talk about parenthood and do not show their kids whatsoever and don't even give their real names I think that is awesome and good for them and I think it's really it can be really informational and really helpful Mm -hmm. 
I stumbled across a very well-known gentle parenting TikToker account who the video was like an acted out fake scene about like why it's bad to like yell at your kids to like finish their dinner essentially and it was like from the child's point of view so they acted out this fake little like abuse like you better clean your plate scene but nick the kicker is the child narrated it so so that had to go, I mean, this kid's like three. So this had to have gone, okay, mommy's going to make a video for her TikTok and we're going to play that I'm a mean mommy. And then I'm going to give you these lines. You need to read them into the microphone. Okay, mommy, I don't want to finish my dinner. You have to, but I don't want to. My tummy is so full. It hurts. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? She's also been smoking a pack of cigarettes every day for 40 years. And, like, I like the general sentiment of it. I'm like, yeah, such a good point. I agree with your thought. But, like, literally, why did you have to make this a weird fucking skit? Like, this kid is going to grow up to be some, like, weird theater nerd. And he's going to be like, I got me start when me mom made me read lines for a TikTok about child abuse. I'm in me mom's car. Vroom, vroom. If that was me on the internet... 20 years later I would literally never speak to my mom again I'd be like that was so awesome the way you did I like I wish you'd fucking force fed me my breakfast rather than making me read this stupid little play pretend scene for your fucking 3 million TikTok followers that's so stupid no. bring back child abuse I have, is all I'm saying I, yeah, I have a lot of respect <laughs> for people who like do not put their kids face on the internet and like any like a lot of soccer players will like put like an emoji over their kid's face or something the weird thing i've noticed is that a lot of like mega celebrities like big athletes and movie stars they're the ones protecting their kids identities and like not showing their faces and, like putting emojis over them or just not posting them at all whatever but the people that are are the ones that have like 50k on instagram and they're like fully profiting off their kids lives it is such a strange it's a really weird phenomenon i guess i've noticed i i just i mean <laughs> like kids aren't your property like your own kids aren't your property you don't own them but as a parent you have like an extreme responsibility over them however every like everyone from like a baby to whatever someone on their deathbed just have kind of inherent like inherent rights that never break um regardless of like how old you are so babies mm-hmm. still have a right to privacy and making like informed decisions which they are clearly unable to so the only answer is to not do it like even like making like you're making pictures of your babies like public is like it's so it's we so should. naive. It's just it feels really naive. And like, <laughs> the internet's it's a scary, gross place. Nick, you and I should go <laughs> <laughs> to pro-life rallies with signs that say like "Babies are entitled to their privacy" and just like protest something that's like not <laughs> what's the discussion. We're like, hell yeah, give infants their privacy. We're like, no, gay babies. It's like, what? 
That's like a Borat fucking. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, babies. <laughs> no, gay babies. I've always oh, said that. My god. <laughs> no doubt. Um. Keep your gay babies off the internet. Protect gay babies at all costs. <laughs> Keep your gay children away from me. <laughs> Keep that vermin out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Whoever <laughs> else at the rally is like, wait, what? <laughs> They're like, I feel like I agree with them, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my we should God. go to more rallies. We should, we should become a rally podcast. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Um, I just can't believe we've been back together for long enough to have made it to... Episode 49. What am I? My favorite number. I literally always say yeah. that. I love uh, I love that it's um, the quadratic of seven. Seven times seven is 49. Mm. You know? I'm always saying. You're the quadratic of no, me. No, it's, you know it's, I, mean? I think it's cool because that guy got seven creams, seven sugars for episode 49. What I was going to say about Mitsuki's album, if we were going to have like an in-depth convo, which we're not going to, what I was going to say about it was that it reminds me of Twin Peaks, actually. And oh. especially the first song, Valentine, Texas, when it like drops, it like really sounds like it's something. Nick, I had a similar thought. Yeah, it sounds like something that would be played at the the bar. And mm-hmm. um, and I really like it. And also like Laurel Hell refers to like a, a bramble of like re- like a really thorny bush with like really beautiful flowers and like getting like it's like called a laurel hell because you're like stuck in it um, and so she said that she thought it was really she really liked the idea of kind of like dying and decaying in like such a beautiful thing which is like this bush of like beautiful flowers um, but it's like also slowly killing you, which I just felt was like very David Lynch and Twin Peaks, especially dying in a oh he- dying in a beautiful bush of flowers is um, yeah big time yeah okay so I only started listening to Mitski like two weeks ago mm-hmm so I'm not I mean I've listened to bits and pieces of all of her albums mm-hmm. and I've listened to. I think just bits and pieces of all of her albums. I don't know if I've listened to anything all the way yeah. through. But I, so I've only listened to Laurel Hill once. And I really liked it. I'm a big fan. I think she has a really nice mix of St. Vincent and like tennis almost, I would compare it to. Mm. It's like a weird love child of the two. Mm-hmm. I think she's incredible. Big fan. Yeah, kind of tennis. What was the first one? There was like a dreamy like quality. What was the first one? St. Vincent. Yeah, it's like St. Vincent, Phoebe Bridger's Beach House 
kind of. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also its own thing entirely. But like, I, I guess that's the closest. No, I agree. Yeah, that's the closest comparison. But yeah, I really like it. I, I remember in like 2016, I think, Sophie told me about Mitski and told me to listen to Puberty 2, and I liked it then. And so I've also heard bits and pieces of her other stuff and like have had it on like playlists or whatever but i've never like done a dive or whatever um but i mm-hmm. did with this and uh like listen to it with my nice headphones and stuff and I, yeah it was fantastic <laughs> <laughs> so true i'm ready to sign off if you're ready to sign off i'm very ready to sign off okay bye guys bye this has we been love so you so fun um most of you see you next week for valentine's day and um wear protection don't make any babies because if you get pregnant now that baby will be oh fuck okay (laughs) could be a scorpio and we don't need more of those bye-bye Hello! Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, me and Claire produce and edit and sound mix. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Brain Cell Girls. You can follow me, Nick, on Instagram at Nick Curl. And you can follow Claire on Instagram at The Grace Trap Queen. Music by Anabolic Beats. We would like to thank our patrons who have selected the immortal tier on our Patreon for allowing us to, you know, make the show. We really appreciate it. So thank you to Cameron, Hazel Herring, Jade Watson, John Sims, Laura Zimmerman, Megan Donovan, O.P. Queef, Piss Baby, Sasha Kosek, Teresa Graham, and Vinish542. We really, really appreciate it. 